it really makes you think about, you know, what's important, who do I have surrounding me, who are going to be around my children. Um, and I have to do what's best for me, I have to be my healthiest version, my happiest version, so that these two little people that you love more than anything else on the planet, you know, have that best version of you. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really nice experience, actually, to, to hear about. Welcome to Somebody's Mama, the podcast where moms unite to share stories, laughter and wisdom. In each episode, your host, Kate, will dive deep into the world of motherhood, creating a safe space where moms from all walks of life can come together to connect, empathize, and uplift one another. The guests, well, they're the heart and soul of this podcast, real moms with real stories. Each week, we invite amazing moms from all walks of life to share their stories, insights, and wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned mom or navigating the early days of motherhood, there's something here for you. Expect raw, real conversations where vulnerability is embraced and honesty is key. Together, we dive into the heart of motherhood, exploring the messy, the magical, and everything in between. From sleepless nights to triumphant milestones, we cover it all with empathy, humor, and a whole lot of love. So grab a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine and join us as we laugh, cry, and learn together. Because when you're somebody's mama, you're never really alone. You're part of a community, a sisterhood, where every voice is valued and every experience is celebrated. All right, let's dive into this episode. Thank you so much for being the very first guest on the Somebody's Mama podcast. This is the first episode that I'm recording. Um, and I reached out to quite a few moms, actually, you were one of the first people that I reached out to and one of the first people to respond. Yes. So I really <laughs> appreciate that. Um, I know that we've known each other for quite a long time, but for anyone who's listening, I would love to just start off with a little introduction. If you can let anyone know who's listening, sort of who you are, where you came from and how you became a mom and when you became a mom. Oh. Um, my name is April. Uh, I'm from Cowansville, Brigham area. And right now I'm living in Waterloo. Um, when I became a mom. So I was 25 when I became a mom to a little girl named Mackenzie, who will be five. And Leonie, who will be now two. Uh, no, she is two, actually. Just turned two <laughs> not long ago. <laughs> it goes by so fast. Um, and yeah, so that's about it. Awesome. And I know that, you know, for, for us, we've known each other for a long time. You know, we went to the same high school and you were one of the first girls that were sort of in the, the girls that we all hang out with to have children. Um, and so I'm curious to know if that sort of shaped your experience in any way and if you had some close friends when you first became a mom um, or if you sort of went into it you know as the first in, in your core group of friends as well I don't think I had many friends that were moms when I became a mom I think what did it for me was um, well I always knew I wanted to be a mom but when I craved motherhood was when my niece was born. I completely fell in love with my niece. And I think it was just the feeling of if I can be so in love with my niece, well, then 
I wanted to experience the kind of love to have my own children. And so I think that's what did it. And yeah, I think it was just my niece coming to the world because before that it wasn't, I never craved it. I just knew I was going to be a mom, but it was never really like, oh my God, I want to be a mom. It's just someday I will. And yeah. Yeah. So you, you had like that, that moment where you were like, okay, it's clicked. I'm ready now. I want to be a mom myself. Um, yeah, but I think, uh, also, um, at that moment I knew I wanted to be a mom, but I wasn't quite ready because, um, in the relationship that I was in, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable, um, with the person I was with. So when I met, um, when I met the, the father of my children, Um, It was instant. It was, I knew that's who I wanted to experience being a parent with. And then it was like, I craved it like a hundred times more. Okay. That's all. That's good to know. So when you were in a previous relationship was when you met your niece and you had those feelings of like, oh, I could see myself as a mom. I love my niece, but it wasn't until you were in another relationship where you actually had your first child. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So I kind of want to go, I know you just kind of described it a little bit that you've always wanted to be a mom and you knew that, you know, growing up, but uh, we do have a couple of topics specifically that I want to get into with you. But before that, I just wanted to go back in time a little bit um, and just kind of get your vision when you were growing up of what you wanted your family to look like and how many children that you wanted to have, or if you even knew that when you were growing up and then give us a, a synopsis of that and whether that matches sort of where you're at now. Um, I think I've always wanted, I knew I didn't want a big, big family. I knew I didn't want like five kids. Um, and I knew I didn't want just a single child. I, I kind of knew between two to four children. That was what I was aiming for. Uh, I think what I thought I wanted was like what we see in the movies, right? The white picket fence, uh, be married before you have children, you know, have the dog, have the career, have, have everything set in place before having children. And, um, well, that's just not the case at all. Uh, I think uh, everything that I assumed it would look like, that's not how it is. I'm not married. Um, I don't own my own place. I don't have a dog. I don't, you know, I don't have everything that we see in the movies. Not that it's any, not that it's any better than what I have. Like what I have, I appreciate. I love. I love my lifestyle. I, but it's just not the same. And yeah, I think two children for me is what what works. I don't plan on having more, and I'm just happy with. Uh, how things are. Yeah, I think that's really, really relatable. Um, because I, I had the same feelings. It's like you, you, we all have these expectations, especially growing up watching, you know, love stories and movies and families. And it's, you, you have your own child and then you realize like, okay, whoa, that was fake. <laughs> that was a movie. Yeah. This is not how like real life is. 
Um, so I think that that, you know, going from what we saw as an example to then maybe changing your opinion once you're experiencing it is, is really relatable. Um, I'm curious if you could walk us through, it doesn't have to be in too much in detail, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, um, but your birth experience with your two daughters and how those experiences were different. Honestly, both of my pregnancy and birth experience were very, very different. Um, I would say that my first pregnancy and the actual birth experience was a lot easier. Um, although the birth was very long, it, I uh, was in labor for 34 hours. Um, it was easy. It was everything that going into you're hoping to have that's what it was it was just the fact that it was long that was difficult um took uh, a lot of emotions um but it was easy i went into labor i had the epidural and then baby was born um with my second uh my actual pregnancy was very difficult um at 32 weeks pregnant i was three centimeters dilated and 90 percent effaced so they put me on a partial bed rest i had to take medication to stop my dilation so that was hard especially when um like i had a younger you know i had a two-year-old who wanted mommy's attention and wanted to play and i couldn't offer that so that was difficult um and then the actual birth um went into the hospital i was five centimeters dilated uh they had told me they checked me told me told me no we're gonna send you home and that was a little bit scary because I was like five centimeters dilated. You know, my first, I was three and you kept me. So, um, ended up water breaking, like in the movies, it was gush. It was disgusting. <laughs> uh, the amount of water that, uh, our body store is just crazy. But, um, so I asked for the epidural. They told me, no, they said, you're completely, you know, you got 10 centimeters time to push. So I was a little bit freaking out. Uh, come to find out, I wasn't at 10 centimeters. I was only at seven. So um, I was very inflamed. I was in a lot of pain. Um, it just caused different problems. So at that point, they gave me the epidural. And this labor was very fast. Like by the time I got to the hospital, it was about... I, would, I think it was like 4.35 o'clock and she was born at 9, I think it was 9.07. Um, and, um, but yeah, so when it, when um, it was time to push, finally, uh, my umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck. So that was very stressful. Um I mean, it was like a 30 seconds where I myself couldn't breathe because you don't know uh, what's going to happen, but mm -hmm. it ended up being okay. Um, so I thought, okay, I have my baby in my arms. Things are good. Everything's done, but it wasn't. Um, I started to bleed quite a bit and um, come to find out my placenta had broke. So I still had a piece inside of me. 
um, which the doctor had to go up and get. So she was elbow deep inside of me to get this piece, which was kind of traumatic. Uh, thankfully, it yeah. didn't last very long. Um, yeah, so that was harder. It was def- different, um, but I wouldn't change it. I mean, I would do it again, um, although I don't want more children. Get I, w- I would love to relive it. I would love to relive it because we we go into labor, things happen so fast, you don't have the chance to actually appreciate, you know, what you're living and what you're going through. And um, although, like, you know, many mothers, uh, they can decide they don't want any more children, but I think we, we're always going to mourn the the experience of meeting our child for the first time. And so, yeah, I'd love to relive it again, but... Yeah. I find that so fascinating. And I, I really think that it's only women that can, you know, experience things like that. And then still like two years later, think, you know, I would do that again, or, you know, I would do that again to have my daughter or whatever it is, or even just to relive the experience in my mind. It's like only a woman is capable of like going through something like that. Like that is, that is a pretty traumatic experience. Um, and you're still sitting there saying like, I would do it again. Like that's, that's crazy in a good way. Um, I'm curious if your birth experience has anything to do with your decision, um, to have, to not have any more children, or if it's really, you know, you have your two girls and you're, you're satisfied with that. It has nothing to do with my birth experience. Like I said, I would do it again. Um, I don't think uh, I'm. No, I, I would do. I would do it again to have to to re-experience that and experience something different. And although it being scary, I mean, you know, you have to have faith in the unknown. And um, I think for me, it's just that it works for us. Um, it's also. Uh, when you have young children, it's hard to do certain activities. So now my children are, I mean, my youngest is two years old and her and her older sister, they have a really good relationship. And now the fact that they're getting older, we can do different things. We can do different activities. We can, us as parents, we have, we can have a little bit more free time for, for certain stuff. When you have young kids, it's hard just to, it's hard to even be a couple. It's hard to um, just do everyday things like going to the grocery store or so I think it's just yeah. it works for us. We want to we want to go t- through a different chapter and you know live differently and just enjoy the two that we have. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so true. It's like one of the one of the bigger shockers I think when you become a parent is things that were so simple before when you're just on your own or you're just in a relationship like running out to the grocery store. You can't just do that. Like you can't just jump in the car and do your groceries and come home. It's like, it's such a production whenever you want to go and do something. I only have one and that's how I feel. So I know that two would be double that. Um, and that, that makes me curious when it comes to motherhood. And maybe this was something that you realized after your first or maybe after your second. But what about that transition from being a sole person, you know, you, you have your only responsibility is yourself 
to then becoming a mom, what was the hardest part about that transition or the thing that shocked you sort of the most? Honestly, I don't think that was hard for me. Um, the transition from just being myself to, uh, you know, being able to take care of others that I think that was the easiest part for me. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a licensed practitioner nurse, so I, I do, I care for people. It's where I feel more like myself. Um, I'm trying not to get emotional. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think when becoming a mother, it's where I found myself. Um, I mean, when you become a mother, you lose your old self, but becoming a mother, I, I found, um, what I was supposed to do, but also I found, um, where did I, I prioritize things. You know, I didn't have time to, you become a mother, you don't have time for things that don't make you happy. So you prioritize things that make you happy. And I just became a better version of myself. I seeked help when I needed it. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I gained uh, more genuine relationships. Um, just, um, I think that, you know, we want what's best for our children, but in order to be what's best for our children, we have to be, we have to do and become what's best for us. So um, I think motherhood um, is honestly what saved me in a sense. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's really nice. And, and maybe this is sort of a mistake on my end, but I always feel like there's, there's this big, shift when you become a mom. And for me personally, it was a little bit challenging. And so I automatically assume that it's challenging for everyone. And, and I know that there are aspects of motherhood that are challenging for everyone. It's a hard thing to do. Um, but it's really, it's really nice and actually refreshing to hear that that transition was, you know, more of a saving grace for you than necessarily, you know, something that was really difficult. Um, I, I totally agree with everything that you said about, you know, when you become a mom, you start to prioritize things that really matter. And now that you're not just living for yourself and you're living for these two little tiny humans that depend on you for everything, it really makes you think about, you know, what's important, who do I have surrounding me, who are going to be around my children, um, and I have to do what's best for me. I have to be my healthiest version, my happiest version, so that these two little people that you love more than anything else on the planet, you know, have that best version of you. Um, yeah. So that's that's really nice experience, actually, to to hear about. And it's it's different than you know I think what everyone's used to hearing, which is it's so hard. And well, I mean, yeah. it's it's challenging. There's 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 things uh, very challenging. I think what's most challenging though is um, dealing with your own emotions while parenting. Um, like for instance, when it comes to disciplining your children, um, I still make mistakes um, and I beat myself up for the mistakes that I make. Like example, um, raising your voice a little too loud. Um, I try mm -hmm. hard. But it's it's not easy. It's not easy to, um, you know, 
tell your child no and have your child listen to you and you know your child will test you and it's it's hard and we go back to what we we know but I think the challenging part is learning and it's trying to do better and you know as generations go on we we learn we try to do better than what our parents once did and we hope that our children do better than we do and go further than we do and it's I think to to put your emotions aside when it comes to dealing with the emotions of your children it's difficult it's it it takes practice and I'm still not there and I don't know if I'll ever will be but I'm getting better <laughs> um yeah it's trying to learn tricks and it's, it's difficult. I have my my oldest daughter is has many meltdowns and um, it leaves you uh, feeling hopeless and like you feel like you don't know what you're doing. But then you just have to remind yourself, like you know, the meltdown has nothing to do with you. It has it has to do with the child and you know um, it's them learning to deal with their emotions and it's you that has to learn how to help them deal with their own emotions rather than feeling your proper emotions. So that's, that, that's challenging. That's, I think that's the most challenging part of uh, motherhood. Yeah. I, I would agree that it's so hard in the moment to realize that when, you know, my daughter's only 17 months, but she is absolutely, you know, she loves to test me already. She's, she's very smart and she knows exactly, you know, what is, what she's allowed to do and what she's not allowed to do. And she's already, you know, standing on the couch and looking at me like, huh, are you going to come get me off this couch? No. Um, and it's, it's hard not to think that, you know, your toddler is trying to piss you off. It's like, no, they're not. They're just, they're not, they're, they're not de- developmentally realizing, you know, what they're doing or when they're freaking out in the grocery store because they want to get out of the cart and they want to run around. It's like, it's so hard in that moment to not lose your own emotions in that. And it is really, really challenging. And I think, you know, something that I was told and that I think is helpful, of course, when I say this to myself in the moment, it's hard to hear it, but I I say it afterwards. I'm like, okay, I think that our children know when we're trying, you know what I mean? They know that you are trying to be the best mom and it may not be in that moment, but if we just continue to try to be the best that we can be, even if sometimes we raise our voice or we do something that we're like, shit, probably shouldn't have done that. Not going to do it again. You know, when, when they grow up and they're our age and we're looking back at how our parents raised us and there are things that we didn't like and things that we did like, it's, it's hard or it's easy. I should say to, for them to say, you know, no matter what my mom really tried, my mom really was, you know, trying to be the best that they, that she could be. Um, so I think that's just important to remember. And I, I don't, you know, we don't have a close relationship. I don't know how you raise your children, but I can already tell that it is the most important thing to you. And that, you know, being a good mom is, is your top priority. So I think that your children will be able to see that as well. Um, before, uh, before we started recording, I know I reached out and I asked if there was anything in, in particular um, that we could chat about your experience and you did answer breastfeeding, which was really, I was really excited when you said that because my, 
um, you know, journey with breastfeeding was very different than what I had expected it to be. And I'm, I'm not sure what your journey is. So I would love to hear um, sort of what your experience around breastfeeding is or what you wanted to share about that. Well, I have two, um, both sides of breastfeeding. Um, Mackenzie, um, she was born with, um, what do they call that again? A tongue tied. She's, she's tongue tied. And um, they didn't want to cut it because um, it won't cause her problems later on. Um, but what it ended up causing was uh, she would hurt me uh, by breastfeeding because her tongue wasn't long enough. Um, so I tried with Mackenzie and um, I lasted two weeks. I would cry before, I would cry during, and I would cry after our breastfeeding session. And it got to the point where my partner's like, okay, this is enough. I'm going to the store. I'm getting formula. You're you're going to throw yourself into a depression. And I, I really didn't want to give up because, you know, I, I don't think it was so much as I wanted what was best for my child because, in my opinion, as long as the child is fed, um, that's what's most important. Yeah. I think it was more that I wanted to live. I wanted to have that connection with her. And mm-hmm. so it was hard, but it was getting to the point. I was in so much pain. I was bleeding from both sides. I was in so much pain that I started to resent my dog. So I said, okay, I have, I have to make this change. We're going to the bottle. So that was with Mackenzie. Um, she she took the ball right away, and that was it. I ha- I didn't I didn't try again. With Leonie, I said this time I really want I really want to experience it. I'm going to do everything I can to uh, breastfeed. So I went out and I bought the um, nipple guard. I I did all this and. Um, I left the hospital where she was. I was breastfeeding and everything was fine. But the second I got home, um, again, I was in a lot of pain. I was bleeding, um, ready to give up. I tried the nipple guard and I couldn't get the thing on. So I'm like, I'm going to YouTube it. And yeah. it still didn't work. So my partner was like, here, let me help you. I ripped that thing off. I said, no. I said, if, if I can't do it, no one else is doing it. But then I was going through the same pattern again of starting to resent my child from the pain that I was feeling and from the disappointment that I was feeling. And so I decided this time to call the CLSC because I didn't realize that there you could get this help, but I called the CLSC and um, I made an appointment with a lactation consultant and um, it, it was night and day. I had one, I had an appointment of one hour and I left there and never having problems uh, breastfeeding again. Well, they, they show you right at the hospital, they show you um, tips on um, how to position your child while breastfeeding. But the lactation consultant was more showing tips on um, like how to position the baby's head, how to position yourself, how to, uh, there was just so many different things. And from then on, I had no trouble at all breastfeeding. Uh, it went great. I loved, I loved it, but also it was challenging and difficult in the sense that I didn't get a break. Um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't just leave when I wanted to. Um, 
I think at the hospital they tell you, you know, right, I think it's three months, don't introduce a bottle or a pacifier within three months. And I think it's too long because then they never accept it. Um, my yep. daughter was 11 months when uh, my grandmother passed away. And um, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, my grandmother, we took care of her at home. Um, she was in palliative care at home. And I remember going every day because I was still on maternity leave. And um, my daughter had just started daycare before I went back to work. So I was able to bring her to daycare, take care of my grandmother, and spend time with my family during the day. But I always had to leave at nighttime to go and feed my baby. And I remember just... Um, I was in two different places. I had to go home and feed my baby, but my heart was somewhere else. <laughs> so although I loved breastfeeding, um, and I love the connection it gave, it's just that it's also hard because you you have to be there for your child. It's, you know, you can't... Sometimes the child doesn't take a bottle and there's, you don't have any other choice. You can't. You have to go home. You have to feed that baby. So I think um, I love both sides of it. It was challenging to give up breastfeeding, but it was also very challenging to breastfeed. And uh, mm-hmm. for instance, my sister-in-law had a baby a few months ago and I told her, I said, you got to introduce the bottle. You want to breastfeed, but you have to introduce the bottle sooner because when you need a moment to yourself, you'll be thankful that you did. So that's my experience. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... I can totally agree with that. I mean, I had a similar sort of experience at the very beginning when I started breastfeeding. Um, and, you know, when you're in the hospital and the, the nurse comes in and they just kind of check you really quick to make sure that your your baby is latched and they're like, okay, you're good to go. And so I thought I was good to go. And and it was the same experience. I got home and I, I would cry and cry. It hurt so badly. Um, and so... I had always wanted to breastfeed. It was like something that I had my mind and my heart set on. Um, And my mom, you know, breastfed all three of her children. So I just had it in my mind that that's what I was going to do. And so when I got home and it was really, really difficult and it was painful beyond what I ever had imagined how painful that would be, um, it really takes a toll on your mental health. Like I was, I felt like a failure and I felt like this is, you know, how come I can't do this? Why do I see everyone else breastfeeding and it's all good? Um, and so, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to push through it. And I, I took two days off and I pumped. Um, and then I started over, uh, I didn't go to a lactation consultant, but now that you mentioned that it probably would have been a good idea. Um, but, yeah, when, when you're talking about, you know, how you have no free time, I, I was also the same. I didn't introduce a bottle other than those two days when I, you know, started pumping. And my daughter is still breastfeeding right now. She's 17 months and I'm having a really, really difficult time, you know, weaning her off. She's very attached to breastfeeding um, and I'm I'm done, but it's hard. Like I, I didn't think that the weaning process would be as hard. Um, And it's caused me also to miss out on a lot of things because I'm the only one obviously that can do that for her. So um, while I agree, it's like beautiful and, you know, I have a really strong connection with my daughter and I'm, I'm so happy, you know, there's so many health benefits and all of those great things, but it's like, 
it's really, it, it takes a toll on your body and your, your mental health and your freedom. Um, and she absolutely will not take a bottle ever. Like even with juice or water or anything in it, it's like, nope, I'm not drinking from that. So it's definitely challenging. Awesome. Okay. Um, I want to just end on one sort of, you know, words of wisdom segment. And that is, if you could tell yourself anything before, like your pre-mom self, um, if there's any, you know, tip or, or piece of wisdom that you could tell that person before you became a mom, what would it be? Um, give yourself a little bit of grace. When the baby is born, so is the mother. So, you know, we don't wake up one day thinking we know, you know, all the knowledge of being a mother just, you know, just comes on. It doesn't work like that. So you learn with your baby, you make mistakes and you learn. So I think um, it would be just to be kinder to myself. Um, and to just be easier on yourself, I guess. Um, it's hard. It's There's a lot of mom guilt. There's a lot of, there's a lot that comes on with motherhood, but you know, we try our best and it didn't come with it. We didn't come with a manual guide on how to become a mother and how to take care of your child. And every child is different. Um, they're not a walking textbook. So be that. And also to trust yourself, to, to have faith in what you know. And trust the fact that no one knows your child more than you do. Um... Mm -hmm. For instance, um, my daughter was hospitalized for very severe uh, urine infection when she was seven months. And it took me six days to get her hospitalized because no one believed me. Um, they said that her symptoms weren't um, showing of a urine infection, that she wasn't lethargic. She would be if she had one. Whereas my daughter was just hyper alert. She didn't sleep. She was seven months and would wake up at like five thirty six in the morning and wouldn't go to sleep until like 10, 30, 11 at night. And I knew something was wrong. So I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally I was right. Six days because, you know, I had, I was trusting the, the healthcare system. I was trusting people that don't know my daughter um, because you know, doctors, they, they know everything when it comes to health. But like I said, every child is different. And so every child reacts different to certain things. And the mother, the parents, I should say, but the mother knows their child better than anyone else. So I think it's just to trust yourself and to yourself. Hello, hello. It is Kate from the future here. I am just popping into this episode because unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, April and I did get cut off at the end of this episode. Um, and we were able to get back on, but it just didn't really make sense with how we had recorded um, to include the, the next clip. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to close out the episode and thank April so much uh, for coming on to our first episode ever. I knew it was going to be a little bit scrappy. We're still learning. Um, I've never done this before. So 
I knew that the first episode would be trial and error, um, but it does not, you know, take away anything from April's experience and how she was able to become so vulnerable with me and share some of those experiences. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much for listening. I'm going to close this video out. Thank you again, April. I loved having you on. Uh, I think you're a great mom and I think your, your daughters are going to know that as well. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of the Somebody's Mama podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Somebody's Mama. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, we're glad you're here, Mama, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Somebody's Mama.